Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. Do you want to take our listeners through what's coming up on the show today? Sure. We're going to be uh, going through some of our past terrible dates. That's terrible in inverted commas. <laughs> yeah, sure. And we, yeah. Uh, Kaylee? Yep. Then we're going to be talking about our kind of weird and eventful travel stories. And we've got a big interview coming up today, don't we, folks? We do. Super exciting. We're going to be interviewing Josh Teske and Ash Gromwald about their new album uh, called Push the Blues Away. So that'll be really, really fun, guys. That's going to be super duper cool. But first, we're going to jump straight into a song. So for your listening pleasure, here are Jack Davies and the Bush Chooks with Perhaps I'll Drift Away. You're listening to Get Serial on Sin with Beck, Kaylee and Luca. That was Eggy with Absentia, and you are listening to Get Serial on Sin with Beck, Kaylee, and Luca. Now, the greatest advantage, I feel, mm-hmm. of us having this slightly earlier time slot than we did, usually for like a, a whole other hour of gibberish, uh, is that we can talk about some juicy stuff. I don't know why I did the spooky voice for that. <laughs> stuck with that voice. Cool. <laughs> That's just my voice now. It's going to come back out. Um, we're going to talk about some juicy stuff. So, guys, dating woes. I want to hear yours. And I've got a great grand old story for you, but I want to get you guys' perspective first. Got any awkward date stories? Any terrible date stories? Let me know. I mean, I've got a few. Once and again, I like I said before, probably can't say them on radio. All very innocent. All very innocent. Um, mm, what about you, Luca? I'm going to have a quick brainstorm. All right. So I think this would happen a few years back, but I went to took this girl out to a Korean barbecue restaurant in North Melbourne. Uh, mm. She hadn't tried Korean barbecue before. She was from oh, no way. Uh, Europe, so I don't know if they had KBBQ there. But anyway having some stuff there, um, hot pot, you know, doing that, trying to, like, cook the meat on stuff on the grill, too much grill. Uh, and then we like taste testing stuff, and we made sure she didn't have any allergies or nothing, so it was good. Uh, nothing wrong so far. And then, like, I tried the, uh, what do you call it, this, like, soda pop thing with the, the ice cube drops into the bottle. Anyway, try that. And all the fizziness, like, I don't know, came out of my nose <laughs> as I'm drinking. <gasps> oh! Yeah, like started choking, all this stuff coming out of my nose, just like foaming out the mouth. I'm like, oh god, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I just like ran to the bathroom. It's like all like red flush out of my face. Oh. So embarrassing. Oh, did not get the call back after that. So great. <laughs> oh, I feel like in those moments you're so in your head. Like when you do, when you first meet someone, you're like so you concentrate so much on like your every move. So when things like that happen, it's just oh. Yeah, you're definitely Enough very to... self conscious. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder. Not I wonder why. I mean. 
I think I think we know. I mean, I would be self-conscious too yeah. if that happened to me. Oh. So I've got a I've got a bit of a grand old uh, saga for you guys because this isn't one day; it's oh, several. Um, oh, no. Yeah, where where is I hope this going? Listen to this. Uh, names here are being changed to protect the people involved. No Let's one's call like, him Brian. <laughs> so no, I want to call him. I want to call him. I want to call him. What about Todd? Yeah, let's call him Todd. I want to call him Todd. All right. (laughs) So when I was in my late teens, I'd just gotten out of this relationship with this guy who I'm going to call, I don't know, Leonardo. But this story isn't about Leonardo. So relationship ended with Leonardo and it was like this super dramatic teenage breakup, you guys. And I was like, well, I am over this. I'm going to get a new boyfriend. And that was my like mission objective here. I was like, and like, how do you do that? Well, if you're me at that point in time, your idea of how to get a new boyfriend is that you put on a nice dress and you just go to the CBD and you just stand around and you just wait to talk to a stranger. And so I, I went and put on a, in the middle of the day, mind you, I went and put on like a nice dress, uh, which had zombie unicorns all over it because that was the style at the time. It wasn't, that was just what I thought the style at the time was. And I went, I went to the city and I, I stood around in a store, which I felt would attract the type of guy I was after. Uh, all very well thought out here. And I, I just waited for hours. And eventually I met this guy. Um, little bit older than me, not much older than me. Um, at the time, uh, yeah, we'll call him Todd. He gave me, we, I struck up a conversation with Todd. He left, came back and gave me his card. And we, we started going on dates. And we went on a few dates. And we were actually, I guess, dating for a period of time. So, like, you know, Todd was fine. Like, he's a fine guy. There's nothing bad about him. But as we were going on these dates, he would, like, you know, we just have these conversations. He asked me these questions. He always mentioned that he was really attached to the movie, like 500 Days of Summer. Have you guys ever seen that film? Yeah, great film, yeah, great yeah. film. Yeah, and he would like tell me that like I looked like Zoe Deschanel in that film and like all this other stuff. I had never seen the film at the time. And so like, I don't really think I look like Zoe Deschanel, but that's another thing. Um, <laughs> maybe I did more at the time than I do now. That's that's neither here nor there. I didn't have a fringe um, then. But anyway, so eventually, like somewhere into this relationship, he lends me the DVD for 500 Days of Summer because it's really important to him and he wants me to watch it. So I go and watch it. I watch the entire film. And at the end of the film, I'm just like, oh, right. Because I start to realize that he has been trying to copy scenes out of 500 days of summer and make them happen in our dating life. <gasps> no. That's so weird. It was a bit odd. And like, that's <sighs> like, it's, it's harmlessly odd. He's like, uh, he was, he's a Honestly. nice guy, but it was a strange experience. And so after that, right, we, we go out a little bit longer, but due to reasons for like the, the most obvious reason, I clearly wasn't actually ready to be in a relationship with anybody. I had just like rebound decided that I was going to go get in a relationship with somebody and that's completely mm-hmm. on me. Um, yeah, I, I sort of like was going to break it off with him and he sort of, um, I guess, like intuited that from me, from my sort of lack of eagerness, I guess, uh, to, you know, chat much or anything. And he like, he initiated the, 
breakup sort of over text, uh, I guess. And so I'm just like, you know, I wanted to do this in person. Like, I'm really sorry, you're a great guy or whatever. And he texts me back, goodbye, Summer. Oh, <gasps> uh, jeez. This was, this was a long time no. ago. And um, Todd, if you're out there, I, I, you're a good guy. I, I'm, I'm sure you don't. I'm sure you don't do this anymore. <laughs> like the two standout um, points of the story. First, you. I'm sorry. You, you, you waited around a store for two hours. More, more than two hours, probably. What, what? If, my question is, like, yeah, the whole 500 days of summer thing. Little, little strange. What if the store owner or the workers say, like, hey, do you need, like, help with sizing? Oh, like, um, you know, I never, no one, no one actually, it wasn't, it wasn't like a super staffed store, like the one I was standing no. in. It wasn't really one that has 100 attendants. It had, like, two people behind two different counters on either end, and I'm not even sure there were any other staff in the building. Right. Okay. So it wasn't really, a, like, a can I help you kind of store, I guess. Right. Also, he gave you a DVD. That's very vintage. Oh, I, I still buy DVDs. Is that bad? <laughs> no, not I bad at all. Too. Wow. Okay. But yeah, no, he he was a really he was a really sweet guy overall. But I guess like that's such a that's such a teenage thing though to like really be stuck on like a movie or a thing. Like yeah. I was probably like that too in some of my own ways. But that's my fantastical dating summer. story. And on that oh note, we're gonna we're gonna move on to. Our next song, uh, it is Eddie Casper. She's got so many faces, and I, I, one of I, I so do I. And I'm going to tell you right now, none of my faces are Summer Finn from Five Hundred Days of Summer. You're listening to Get Serial, Beck, Kaylee, Luca. It's Thursday morning. Hooray! You're listening to Sin. Hey guys, you're listening to get cereal here on sin with luca kaylee and beck you just heard kesmar's meteoroid uh guys as you know we haven't been able to travel for a while so i feel like it's really got me thinking lately about about travel and about prior travel stories and about just how fun it is and how random traveling can be um guys do you have any funny any funny stories any any weird events that have happened to you whilst traveling? Of the stories that I can repeat on breakfast radio. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. I accidentally, my friend and I accidentally, like, I want to say offended a Japanese sushi chef in Ikebukuro in Tokyo um, once. Oh, wow. So, like, we didn't, like, offend him seriously. We didn't do anything offensive. What we did was maybe, actually, maybe it was the most offensive thing you can do to a chef because we put too much soy sauce on the food. Oh. And he disliked this to the extent that he, like, came out of his, like, you know, kitchen area over to us and like drained the soy sauce off our plates. Like, oh. no, no, like, only a bit, only a bit. Like, I mean, he was saying this in Japanese. I'm he he didn't he wasn't speaking English at us, but yeah, he was like telling us to um, to use only a little bit, and like we were just sort of sitting there, like you know, but but we wanted it, but we but we were like so afraid because like he was clearly like we were clearly drowning out the flavor of his beautiful creation, and he was just not having it with us. Oh I have a 
Yeah. As if he came yeah. over and went to the extent of draining the soy sauce off your He floor. really did. And, like, I look, I get it, dude, right? Right. Yeah. Chefs, big deal to them. But that's the thing that happened to me, and that was unexpected. Oh How about you guys? Oh, I'm trying to think. I went to New Zealand. Actually, I managed to sneak in New Zealand trip this year. Very lucky. Lucky. Very, very lucky. Um, and I feel like when you travel beforehand, when you book stuff, you just want to make it as cheap as possible. So at the at the time, uh, we didn't get like a GPS in the car. We just thought, oh, we use maps. Anyway, um, so we're traveling from, I want to say Wanaka to, I can't remember where we we're traveling to. Anyways, so all the locals told us that it was a really quick quick trip I had maps up and I'm not very good with maps as is um keep in mind we didn't have a GPS anyway so we're driving I'm we're laughing having fun um and we I'm not kidding we come to the end of the island the south island like I'm the road stopped that we couldn't even drive any further and I check my phone and I realize that I haven't had any signal for the last hour and a half <laughs> don't know how I didn't pick up on it I'm, I'm a fool yeah anyway so I didn't have signal for the last hour and a half I'm laughing it's raining incredibly heavy I'm on the cusp cusp of strep throat so I'm shaking and ill still laughing anyway so we have to run out in the middle of nowhere the only place that we could ask people for directions was this little place called the clay pot um the, uh, I think mm-hmm. I think we drove to the end of the South Island. They told us that we drove 200 kilometres the wrong way. And, of course, like we couldn't, we didn't have reception or anything. This little place was run by, I don't know how they functioned, but they gave us like a paper map. Um, and, yeah, we had to use a, a, map, a map made out of paper in 2020 to, to go back. Um, as I'm saying, it doesn't sound that eventful, but when you're in a car and, you, and you've been told you drove 200 kilometres the wrong way and you pretty much hit the end of New Zealand, the <laughs> South Island, I feel like it's eventful at the time. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Oh, my God. I, yeah. How shocked were you when you found um, out? something. Oh, I feel like many things happened on that trip. I probably can't discuss a lot on radio, but I feel like I, we just copped it, copped it on the chin. I mean, it was funny. Yes. Anyways, Luca, what about you? Uh, uh, so I think two years ago, I was uh, staying in a hostel in, mm-hmm. in uh, Barcelona. And we were we were playing cards with a couple of the hostel mates that I made friends with over the, couple of the week that I was there. Uh, we were just playing cards, random game. A game I never played for, some Dutch game. I forgot the name. Anyway, it's probably like four of us getting into the game, all like laughing, having fun. But it's pretty late. It's like Sunday, almost midnight. And the hotel staff, hostel staff were like, oh, I think you guys should either leave or quiet down. So he thought, okay, okay, we'll go outside and play. So we like went around the corner to this abandoned dog park that had all these like exercises and different apparatus for dogs mm-hmm. to climb over, right? And we said, okay, whoever loses has to climb this, I don't know, eight-foot pole and try to reach the top because like you've ashamed the game, so another half an hour passes we're still playing no one's winning and then finally a loser appears <laughs> right so the girl who lost the game she the sport she is the good sport she is she she ends up climbing this pole she gets about halfway and then we start to notice that the pole is like wobbling a lot and she's starting to freak out I was like ah no i can't do it i can't do it I was like no no keep going, keep going and then 
she just flings herself off this pole, right? Slow motion, lands on her back, and she's like starting to laugh hysterically. As we like look up, the pole is falling down, almost about to hit her head, and we just quickly try to like bash the crap out of the pole, like to like kick it, get it out of the way so it doesn't hit her in the face. Uh, it was like heart in mouth moment. Unbelievable. Oh. Um, luckily, no one got hurt in the in the process of this, but crazy. Gosh, stuff. imagine if it had have landed. Actually, let's not think about. That's really dark of me. Sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, okay. Well, on that heavy wow. note, let's. <laughs> what are we going to We up actually next? have Molly Payton's going heavy. Guys, coming up, make sure you're staying tuned because we have an interview with Josh Teske and Ash Grumwald, uh, Australian artists. We're going to be discussing their new album, Push the Blues Away. So make sure you're listening, guys. You're listening to Get Serial Here on Sin with Kaylee, Beck, and Luca. You're listening to Get Serial here on Sin with Beck, Luca and Kaylee. You just heard Nick Mulvey's Begin Again. Guys, today's a good day. We're joined by Josh Teske and Ash Grunwald to discuss their latest album, Push Away the Blues. Firstly, Josh, big congratulations on all the ARIA Awards. I believe you guys walked away with a few last year. And Ash, congratulations mm-hmm. on the album and release of your first book. Both my dad and I actually read your book recently and, yeah, super cool concept. So well done, guys. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh, good. Thank How you. are you guys Thank going? You so no, that's okay. How are you guys? Really good, really good. It's been, um, it's a really, it's a great, it's a great week for us to, um, to get this, this album out into the world and uh, we are pushing the blues away as the, uh, as the title <laughs> says and we're finally doing some music again and it's, um, it's been really lovely. Perfect. Now guys, can you tell us a little bit about how the album kind of came together? The Teskey brothers were nice enough to be on the uh, single from my last album and I yeah. ended up doing the film clip with Josh in their wondrous and organic and very retroly styled um, uh, Half Mile Harvest studio. And um, we ended up jamming in there. And, you know, from there we just we just hit it off and we ended up doing this album together. Oh, amazing, amazing. And I guess the, uh, the whole, the premise of it was um, we were there having a jam, working on and just playing on some old blues stuff, you know. And I think at one point, sort of Ash said to me, we were sort of playing this old blues tune, old, old blues standard, The Sky Is Crying, which actually ended up on the album. And, and we just sort of dreamed about making a really non-complicated album, just something that's really, really back to basics, just a couple of guitars and a harmonica, kind of like what we were just doing just then in the room, just jamming while we were doing that film clip. And... Um, you know, a few weeks later, Ash being the uh, the hustler that he is, he sort of said, hey, you know, we should, we should do this, we should do this. And um, we both had a bit of time and um, and it was, uh, you know, next thing we knew, Ash was down in the down in the studio with us and it was, we're just doing exactly that. And that was the whole idea to keep it really, really real, uh, very low production, just um, really give you a bit of an insight into just me and Ash in the room, just playing some um, raw kind of blues. That's, that was the vibe. When it comes to the blues, because I've I've listened to the album and it is so beautiful and so raw, is this a lifelong interest for you? Is this a, a lifelong love of the blues or is that a later development? Absolutely. I think it's something, um, I mean, I really started out 
playing, you know, I, I mean, more the Teske Brothers, we did, you know, moved into much more of a, um, a rhythm and blues and soul sort of feel. But very early days for me, I was, um, you know, started out busking and, and playing solo kind of guitar and doing much more of a blues kind of thing. And um, I always like to mention in with, with this, with this project with Ash as well, as a, as a very young young man, as of, at about 12, uh, 13 years old, I was busking at the St. Andrews Market and I'd head over to the St. Andrews Pub and, and watch Ash in his early 20s doing his thing with the blues. So he really influenced me from a really young age, you know, along, alongside people like Chris Wilson and Jeff Atchison. They were all the, you know, uh, Dutch Tilders. They were doing the, the scene when I was, you know, when I was about 13, 14 years old. So little did Ash know it, but he was influencing me. So when he asked us to do, uh, do some work, he didn't know how much he'd uh, uh, influenced our music in the band. So it's been a really nice, um, you know, coming together. Our, our lives have been very linked mm. in lots of ways. But I think blues has been a big influence for me. And, and I think the same for you, Ash. Yeah, totally. Um, from a very early age. And um I guess what Josh would have been seeing me play, and that's why it was worked for us so well to do the album, is that's how I was playing in those days. And um, uh, I, I love, I still do love that really raw, genuine part of, of the blues, of all that is bluesy kind of music and the root scene. You know, for me, then the root scene came along after that and I jumped on my stump box and jumped on those coattails and, and went into a whole different world, but I was still very bluesy. But I, I, I've often mixed that kind of a little bit of that sound and played a lot of slide guitar and stuff with my music. But for me, it was ultra refreshing. It felt like a return. You know, I actually literally went back to the area where Josh would have seen me um, in those early days where he lives, um, a beautiful, earthy part of the world where I grew up and uh, spent my early 20s but I've been you know I live up in Byron now and um, I was living in Bali at the time so for me it was a real return and a real return to something that's really close to my heart and um, and uh, a really raw earthy kind of vibe which is exactly what the uh, Teske brothers and and Josh himself exude. That's so awesome to hear guys that's so awesome to hear. Um, this might be a bit of a left field question but are there any songs or is there a song in, in particular that maybe you wish you had written, maybe a song from the past or a song from one of your peers, <laughs> per se? Gazillions. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't think this is probably kind of off topic from, um, from your question there, but I, th I thought it was a nice thing to mention that I think both me and Ash um, in writing for this album that, that did kind of happen in a way of the, the, a different sort of thing came out in, in, uh, in working with each other. So, I mean, songs like um, Push the Blues Away and, and Hungry Heart for Me were a very different style of writing to what I had ever done before. So it was really um, the, just, just thinking in this world and working with that should have brought out this uh, different element of, um, of inspiration in, in, um, in, in my songwriting. And, and that's kind of... Uh, become a bit of a, a theme for me now and in, in continuing for to sort of write in that in that way and in a different in a different way of thinking so that's um seems relevant to that as well and i think josh um that's a good thing like um we're on sin here and it's for young people to think about uh this is a uh something that i think people should pick up on that that came out in this um in this project is when you uh 
I, I had a choice when we were jamming together that I didn't have to like hit Josh up and say, let's do an album and let's do this. But that's what I wanted to do. But normally that inner voice, that inner critic would say, ah, he's not going to want to do that. And, you know, you're too old <laughs> and this and that and the other thing. And then I would just censor myself. And in my, in my life and in my musical career, I've been very lucky, but there's been many, many times when people, um, very successful people have offered to give me a leg up and whatever. And I was kind of shy and um, I didn't really want to uh, push myself forward. But I think when you get a gut feeling about something, you should just pursue it wholeheartedly. And then like Josh is saying, some things have come out of it that have will be good for him in his further um, solo career and he's writing and exactly the same with me. Um, you, when you just throw yourself into things passionately and just go with it for a while just and then it doesn't have to be for, forever, um, so much good stuff comes from it. So I think that's a good thing for people to pick up on. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. <laughs> Now, guys, in the way of kind of the creative processes of the album, what was the overall um, kind of creative dynamic between the two of you in the way of, you know, vocals and songwriting or was it kind of a really collaborative experience? I think um, we, we were planning on it being more, uh, you know, collaborative. Not that, not that it wasn't. We were sort of – the idea initially was to, you know, maybe even do a couple of old blues standards, do some covers and – but in the weeks leading up to the recording process that, you know, the recording session that we were going to do, you know, Ash was just coming up with some things, um, you know, that he got inspired by. I was doing the same and I was just trying to write in this theme. And we ended up coming to the table and we got together with a couple of songs up our sleeve on, from both of us. But then we once brought those, those songs to each other, we, we then added uh you know our two cents and and our spices from you know ash to mine and 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 mine to ashes and that in that way that was where the collaboration happened so it was more we actually came to the table with a few songs up our sleeve and um and yeah and then they sort of evolved in the studio there together yeah yeah oh um josh i really wanted to ask you how that so how the sort of creative process you underwent in this album differs from your Teskey Brothers work? Is it very different the way this came together or is it sort of more par for the cause? And Ash, just also in your um, in your past career, was this a very different experience? Is this similar to how you usually go about things? Um, yeah, this was, um, this was similar in many ways. I mean, um, what often happens in the Teskey Brothers for me is, you know, we all... So with my songwriting, I will come to the table, to the guys, to the band, to the rest of the band, the other three members, and I'll bring something there and we'll all, you know, add, uh, and then we, you know, collaborate on it together. And it often turns into something quite different once everybody works on it. Um, and that's the same with the other members of the band. You know, they, they bring their songs to the table and then we all uh, collaborate on it. And that's what makes it, you know, a Teskey Brothers song. This was the same in that in that way that um uh it was the same thing it was just coming to you know having some ideas previously and then bringing it to ash and then you know we collaborated on it and that's what gave it its sound as well so very similar in some ways the um yeah and then yeah the only difference would be sometimes in in the with with the Teskey brothers we we do have songs where they've just happened kind of live in the room and they've been more of a 
So we have a bit of a mixture in that world. Um, but in, in a way, yeah, very similar. I think probably just the, the difference was just the, I think this, this project kind of allowed me to uh, get outside of, of, a, of a different sort of genre and move in sort of, I was sort of just listening to really old school blues and more of that solo guitar picking sort of stuff and, um, and try and sort of, yeah, thinking in a way of something we probably wouldn't normally do in, uh, in the Teskey Brothers. So that sort of allowed me to kind of find another, another sort of genre, I guess, in a way. And for me, you know, like my recording process has often been in front of a computer with a producer who comes from a different world to me. And it's always been about blending with more contemporary elements, blending my old kind of sound with that. And this was just embracing, um, fully embracing that whole Deltery solo thing, which I've been meaning to do. My career started 20 years ago and it started on a note similar to what we've been doing. And then I left that and I was meaning to, like about 10 years into my career, I was meaning to go back and do an Acoustic Blues album. But every time I went to do it, it just never worked out. And I think maybe maybe fate had a part to play. Maybe I was waiting for uh, something better <laughs> and a good twist on it, which doing it with Josh is more than a good twist on it. So, you know, everything works out in the end. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm glad to hear that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Josh and Ash, where, where can our sin listeners uh, find more of your music or, or the album Push the Blues Away? You can uh, you can find it probably just on the old social medias is the best thing for us. Just check out, you know, Josh Teske or, or Ash Grunwald and there's some links there and things like that. So, um, um, yeah, check it out. Have a listen. Perfect, guys. Well, thank you so much for that. Um, unfortunately, that is all we have time for today. Ash and Josh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, guys, make sure you give the album and you listen. It's a really feel good wholesome kind of listen so thank you amazing thank you for having us bye you're listening to get serial here on sin with luca beck and kaylee up next we have push the blues away by josh teske and ash grumwald enjoy Twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. Sin, we're always on. Welcome to the second half of uh, Get Serial this Thursday morning with your hosts Beck, Kaylee, and Luca. Just heard a song from Yeji. When it's summer, I forget about the winter. And uh, yeah, it's a great vibe song. Since the weather's warming up, people are starting to get out, being the liberties, let's say. Um, we're gonna get stuck into our three-word descriptions. Uh, team, we're gonna be guessing the uh aussie films yeah well-known aussie films how, how are you feeling about that i play to win luca <laughs> i mean love with the I confidence last week? kaylee I, I believe in you thank you i'm in a better state than i was last week okay <laughs> all right first the first film we're going to be guessing three words ah outback uh, red dog red, oh you done it <laughs> Australia. Oh, I was you gonna say right. that like Australia yes. film, but yeah, go on. Yes. Well sorry, done, I, I need to learn to not shout. I'm really sorry if, <laughs> if 
Like, ice cream truck. Man, I want some. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, all right, all right. Second one, second one. Ooh. Plumber. Chubby. Oh, I know this film. Go to. Kenny. Kenny, Kenny. Uh, Kenny. Yeah. That's the second one to Kaylee. Well done there. Wow. Kenny is really dominating this time. I love Australian movies. That's why. I knew the film. I just couldn't remember his name. That's okay. <laughs> right, right. Next, next one, next one. Um, horror. Uh, backpackers. Real life. Wolf, Wolf Creek. Yeah, Kaylee, three from three. It's Wolf Creek. Wait, I said it. I said it first. Did no one hear me? Nah. We'll, oh, right, we're going to have to check I with the judges here. We're going to check with the judges. Judges? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hearing it's it's Beck. Beck came in first. Beck came in first. I'm sorry, Kaylee. That was Maggie. That was I'm Maggie. sorry. It's 2-1, Beck. No, I, I said I mean, it's 2-1 to Kaylee. Beck got the last point. This is the decider. Um. Are you kidding? <laughs> I'm, I'm I totally said, on my end, I could be, it could be lag between our recordings, but on my end, I said that a full half second before. Are we going to have an on-air fight, Beck? Are we we totally can. I, I, will, I will come <laughs> over there. Don't make me come over there. <laughs> can we can can this point be pending and we'll check the recording? Oh. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna get the correction. We're gonna get the correction in at the after the song break as well. So, just for now, it's two one. The next one uh, either ties it or wins. Does that sound good though? Yep. 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 Alrighty. The uh, fourth movie. We're gonna guess. Uh, Friendship. Northern Territory. Uh. Biblical. Brand new day. Did you say brand new day, Kaylee? Yes, I did. I said brand new day. Ding, 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 ding. Kaylee wins yeah. this round. Kaylee wins the round. Oh, I'm so passionate about Australian film. That's why. Oh, yes. All right. All right. I'm going to come down. Kudos to you, Kaylee. Beck, well done. That's uh, it's okay. I'll, I'll concede defeat. What's your favorite? What's your favorite Australian film, Kaylee? Anything by Baz Luhrmann. I'm right there. Nice. Um, We've talked about this before, I think. Strictly Ballroom, fantastic movie. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I think we have. All and right. I always call it Strictly Come Dancing. Anyway, irrelevant. <laughs> Sweet. We're going to get to a song now, eh? We've got uh, Midnight Sister with their track, Doctor Says. You're listening to Get Serial this Thursday morning with your hosts, Beck, Kaylee, and Luca. Stay tuned. We've got news quiz coming up. Do you want to be a radio star? Well, you can. Join SYN and get involved in radio, TV, podcasting and online. Visit syn.org.au forward slash get involved to find out more. That was After School Care, Desperation's Hilt, and you are listening to Get Serial on SYN with Beck, Kaylee and Luca. Now, folks, it is time, time again for News Quiz, our incredibly difficult quiz segment. How it goes is that I read out three news stories, two are fake, one is real, and Kaylee and Luca have to use their sleuth and skills to discern which is which. Guys. How are we feeling? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we say the same thing every week. It's a, it's a tough gig, this one. Mm-hmm. I got it right last week, so I'm yes. quietly confident again. So we, we, had the, <laughs> we had a little streak of no one knowing which news story was the correct one, broken by Luca's amazing 
deductive reasoning last week. Let's see if he can keep it up. And Kaylee, you're still in the race. Let's see if you can, uh, I don't know, move up on that challenger list and really take the lead. Yeah, not all winners wear crowns. Because that's the thing, right? <laughs> the more you both get it wrong, the, the more chance that either of you has to take it in the end, right? <laughs> of course, yeah, we'll get right. there. We'll get there. We still have a while. That's why it's always important to look on the bright side, I guess. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> three headlines, two fake, one real. I'm not, these might not be exact headlines, too, which is another thing to keep in mind. Okay. First one. Shingleback skink with two heads discovered in Victoria. World's oldest customer complaint found on wall of Austrian cave. And escaped parrot asks for directions. Oh, gosh. These always really challenge me. Um, May you please repeat the first one again, Beck? Yep. So it was shingleback skink with two heads discovered in Victoria. Well, I don't even know what that is. It's bloody bunyip again. (laughs) Um, Not everything you don't immediately recognize is a bunyip. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to go the second one. That was world's oldest customer complaint found on wall of Austrian cave. Now, Luca. Yeah, yeah um, I'm tossing it up between the parrot, the lost parrot, getting directions, and the and the two-headed shinkleback skink. Is that what it was? Yeah, shinkleback. Mm. You know what? You know what? I'm gonna just go left field here. I'm gonna go for the parrot asking for directions. Okay, uh, if those are your two locked in answers, I can reveal that you're both wrong yet again. Um, ah! <laughs> so this one was actually reported on by the Daily Mail, um, but it's it's about like Daily Mail Australia. Um, so the, the proper headline for this is two heads are brighter than one freakish lizard discovered with two fully functional heads and a creepy extra claw between them with seven fingers. Um, I wouldn't personally describe this as freakish. All lizards are beautiful to me, but yeah, so this, this has happened to us. Um, this is actually not, um, this isn't a recent story. This is an older story that I've sort of pulled up to confuse you. So I have unfortunately broken news, uh, news quiz rules a little bit myself. So I'm prepared to, I'm prepared to take a hit here. This is from a few years ago. I think it's from actually from 2016. It was just so interesting to me to learn that there are actually two-headed lizards that I wanted to throw this up. Right. It's not your everyday Joe, is it? No. Um, and he's a no. he's a beautiful boy. So there you go. Um, yep, yeah, that was our news quiz for the week. Uh, you guys, you guys will definitely get better at this as we go on. I'm not actually sure who's in the lead anymore because we've missed so many wow. weeks altogether. So, yes, sure it's like news quiz. Let's move on to a song, shall we, folks? Mm-hmm. We should. This yeah. is Remind Me of the Time, 6th June, and you are listening to Get Serial on Sin. That was Babylon by Lady Gaga. I always like to start my mornings with some Lady Gaga. You're listening to Get Serial on Sin with Beck, Kaylee, and Luca. Now, guys, got a very serious question for you. It's something that I've been 
contemplating for a long time. If you could transcend the flesh, would you transcend the flesh and shed your human form to become a robot? Oh, well, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the first time I've ever been asked that, Beck. I, I'm glad. I would probably um, be more concerned if you had previously been asked if you would um, go um, on to live an eternal metal life prior to this. No, no, I don't think I would. No. So, uh, like, what, what can I keep if I transcend the flesh? I don't know, like, okay, I don't know if we're going to get all, like, soul body here, but, like, you, just say you keep the essence of yourself, right, but you get to live forever as a robot, or alternatively, your mind is uploaded to a drive and you get to live forever within an AI simulation, kind of like the Matrix, but you're not alive anymore, exactly, in the way that we conceive of life, but, you know, alive in a different, more digital sense. That brings to mind this, uh, like, an episode of Black Mirror, where one of the characters gets uploaded and becomes a slave to her own automated self. Have you have you heard of that one? I, I haven't I haven't seen Black Mirror because I'm living inside it instead. Um, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> um, well, the most important question is Beck. Would you? Ah, uh, I want to say like I'm in two minds about it because I always think about it in this super like. Okay, right. So say somebody like, I think there's this film, right? Um, I'm not really sure what the film is called. And I think it's a film. I'm on a good track here. But I think the plot of the film is that when these like the bad guys, they like die, but then they're, they're, there's just these clones of them with all their memories that like keep going where they left off. Don't know what the film's called. But like when you think about it, that's not like you. That's like a copy of you with your memories, but you're actually not there anymore. So like while it sounds appealing, right, conceptually, that you could do that, it's really not you anymore. So therefore you yourself, the self that you know, has no more to it. And somebody else who's exactly like you continues to go on. And I think that's kind of what I'm getting at. Unless we're talking about transcending the flesh in terms of implanting a human brain into a robot exoskeleton, which is a different thing. Right. <laughs> and would it be a known fact that you were now a robot? Like, are well, we that's, a, that's that? an interesting... Like, I like, feel... Yeah. yeah. I feel like if... Oh, I don't know. If others around me were, i.e. friends and loved ones, maybe. Actually, I don't know. I don't think like so. Like consciousness? Are you talking about consciousness? Like I guess consciousness, yeah. 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 Right. Four. That just I, reminds I me of the SpongeBob movie. Oh, yeah. Wait, the, do, they, do they transcend the flesh in the no, it's when it's when Plankton puts on um, I actually watched it Saturday I'm nice. just going to say it Good. Um, it's when Plankton puts like the uh, the helmets the on head. yeah when Squidward's like trying to steal back the Krabby Patty secret recipe you know that scene <laughs> and they're yeah. all controlled by a, by a Plankton's little mind controlling helmets um, yeah well, you know what? Fair enough. Like, I don't know. I kind of want to get like, I mean, there's like a larger conversation here that we could have, but I definitely am not capable of having about the separation of like the soul and the body and the way that we conceive upon ourselves, which really boils down to the fact that every time I get sick, I always say that the flesh cage is infected, which, you know, probably I'm not actually a flesh cage. I'm a person. So there you go. There's my contribution. I hope I've given everybody a lot to think about this morning. Oh gosh, that just reminds me of when Luca were telling 
Luca, what did you say you used to do in kinder? You used to think your soul was leaving your body? Yeah, because the, like, the eye, <laughs> the dust plasma, like, in your eye. Yeah, that's because Luca was trying to transcend the flesh as a child. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, that's his from manual. What a segment, honestly. Okay, great. Well, let's just get out of this before I get, like, really metaphysical or something as well. And we will yes. head to our next song. You are listening to Get Serial on Sin with Beck, Kaylee, and Luca. And our next tune is How Deep Is Your Love by Makaisha. So that's cool and good, and we are all still humans. Sin, we're young people run the show. You're on Get Serial this Thursday morning with your hosts, Beck, Kaylee, and Luca. We just heard a brand new song from off the album Deadly Hearts Walking Together. We had Dreaming Now with this song Get Back to the Land. Before that, you had Mikaisha covering a BG's classic How Deep Is Your Love. We're going to get stuck into our media recommendations for the week. Uh, Beck, what is your media recommendation? Um, so for me, I've had a bit of an interesting period of time. I've been getting really into philosophy lately um, for well, for a long time now, not just lately. Uh, as you could probably maybe tell from my weird bents just before when it comes, well, my weird bent when it comes to flesh transcendence. Um, I'm actually really into existentialism. And one of the main things that I've been reading in line with that is Nausea by Sartre, which is a famous book, so I won't delay. I won't uh, stick on that one for too long. But it's essentially um, a writer is kind of having a crisis when it comes to his own existence, and he also seems to feel a large amount of contempt for everybody who lives around him. But I mean, I guess that's part of it. He's sort of detached. I would I would describe him as detached. But if you really are into that kind of, um, you know. I exist, do I exist kind of kind of thing that I think it's worth checking out. And if you like um, novels that are like novels as opposed to like philosophical texts that sort of weave elements of philosophy, like, you know, like The Stranger or something like that, but not The Stranger, um, then I would definitely recommend that you check it out if you want to consume more books. And the other thing I have been paying attention to recently is on a slightly different note, I guess, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Never caught that one <laughs> the first time around, but I am enjoying it for it sort of like, I mean, it's a bit, it's a bit like 90s camp, isn't it? It's sort of, uh, for those who never caught on to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, it follows a girl named Buffy, who is a chosen one vampire slayer. She's just gone to a new school to try and get on with her normal life, when she doesn't want to be a vampire slayer anymore, but uh, vampires are just everywhere apparently just just everywhere so she's really had to keep up her vampire slaying career while also being in high school what a twist what a what a wonderful um idea for a show who stars in it who's Um, the main character sarah michelle geller oh that's the one that's the one (laughs) yep sarah michelle geller uh also a very fun game to play um, with Buffy the Vampire Slayer is how old are the actors playing teenagers? Um, really? Because, woo. Anyway, uh, Luca, I think you had something probably more enlightening than anything I've just said today. <laughs> no, no. Um, I've got. Uh, I'm recommending a comedy sketch show from uh, from Auntie Donna, Aussie comedy comedy sketch group. I uh, got. It's called Auntie Donna's 
big old house of fun. It's a six-episode uh, series that's just been released uh, last week. It was produced by Ed Helms from uh, plays Andy in the Office, and he's also in the Hangover movies as well. Uh, also, Scott Ackerman, who makes Comedy Bang Bang podcast as well, is an executive producer on that. But for sure, it's very absurd, very out there. If you don't know who Auntie Donna are, they're a comedy sketch group out of Melbourne. Uh, very, very hilarious. Hilarity ensues on the series. They've got a bit of a lot of guest cameras as well. If you can spot Weird Al Yankovic, good luck. Uh, there's also, <laughs> it was filmed in the US, so they tried to put in as much like Aussie references or like food items in their big old house fun within there. So that's a good game to play to try and find the Australian cultural references amongst the show. But very, very entertaining, very hilarious. I'm giving it nine kind belly chuckles out of 10 for that. <laughs> that was cringe. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Kaylee, do you have any mini recs for this week? All right. So we had uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, Sartre's uh, Nausea, and Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun as this week's media recommendations. We're going to cut to a song before we head off, off uh, the program this, after, this morning on Sin. We've got an absolute banger from Proto Mata. This is Tranquilizer. You're listening to Get Serial this Thursday morning with your hosts, Beck, Kaylee, and Luca. That was Misha with Neon Moon, and we've come to the end of our show for the week. Guys, it's, it's great that we have all these people listening to us prattle on. Thank you so much. Um, do you guys have any closing messages for our loyal listeners? Farewell. Have everyone have a have a lovely week. Positive, happy, healthy. Enjoy the sun. Um, Luca, how about you? Yeah, Merry Thursday. Uh, check out our <laughs> updates on uh, socials. Get serials in on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, sin.org.au for more updates. I always say that Thursdays are Fridays, but for art students. So. I was an art student, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> once. So, yeah, please enjoy your art student Friday, which is actually Thursday. Happy week, everybody, and goodbye. We have been Jack, Kaylee, and Luca, and you were listening to Get Serial Bye. <laughs>